Welcome everyone to the Apocalypse Podcast. I'm Steve. He is Larry. Yeah. Yeah. We've been we've been registering all week. I I don't have energy. To yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> we work at we work in universities. It's we're on a first name basis now. <laughs> yeah. We're worn out. Yeah. 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 Um, my friend, but what's not worn out is this story of Esther. Oh my gosh, is this exciting? Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad at all. And this one, um, there's very little to say. It's it's fairly self-explanatory. Yeah. But we'll we'll stay stuff anyway, Steve. Yeah, we're gonna make yeah. this good. Okay, oh. folks. For for those of you using the written word as opposed to the to the audible word, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just gonna start reading chapter seven, verse one. Here we go. So the king and Haman went to Queen Esther's banquet. Remember, he just got picked up after he figured out all this stuff was happening around Mordecai. Um, And as they were drinking wine on the second day, the second day, the king again asked, Queen Esther, what is your petition? It will be given to you. What is your request? Even up to half the kingdom, it will be granted. Then Then Queen Esther answered, If I have found favor with you, your majesty, and if it pleases you, Grant me my life, this is my petition, and spare my people, this is my request. For I and my people have been sold to be destroyed, killed, and annihilated. If we were merely sold as male and female slaves, I would have been I would have kept quiet, because no such distress would justify disturbing the king. Yeah, she is as smooth as smooth can be, isn't she? Mm-hmm. And you you said it, Steve, second day of the banquet. So I don't know. I don't know. These banquets, I don't know what they do in between eating. Like for us, you know, you eat and you watch a video and yeah, yeah. some some person that doesn't know any music plays a song and then they go home. <laughs> wishing you were at a Rod Stewart conference. <laughs> but um but but she did it. She did it. she did the first night of the banquet. Now now it's the banquet's just for them, but there are other people around. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then the king, the king comes to her and says, "You know, what's your petition?" I like what she says. You know, um, my people are going to be destroyed. If they're only going to be sold into slavery, I wouldn't have said anything because I wouldn't want to bother you with something that trite. <laughs> so, so that's when we, that's when you say she's as smooth as can be. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And um, and and then we go on to five. Okay, verse 5 now, folks. King Xerxes asked Queen Esther, Who is he? Where is he, the man who has dared to do such a thing? Esther said, An adversary and enemy, this vile Haman. Oof. Then yeah. Haman was terrified before the king and queen. The king got up in a rage, left his wine, and went out into the palace garden. But Haman, realizing that the king had already decided his fate, uh, stayed behind to be- beg Queen Esther for his life. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Now, now the king, the king loves Haman, right? So that's why it was so dangerous for Esther to do something like this, right? You know, she was just one of his wives, but but Haman was a guy that he had promoted so highly, right? And he, and he and he was he was crazy about Haman. Haman's a wealthy man, right? Right. Yeah. But I, I like that Haman knew as soon as the king went into the garden, he thought, 
I'm I'm in deep deep trouble. Here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he starts begging. He starts begging Esther, and it gets it gets crazy after this. Yes, so. <laughs> yes. Haman, who didn't really think through all the steps from this point forward, <laughs> verse no, 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 she took him by surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, verse eight. Just as the king returned from the palace garden to the banquet hall, Haman was falling on the couch where Esther was reclining. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> the king exclaimed, will he even molest the queen while she is in, she is with me in the house? As soon as the word left the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. Then Harbona, one of the eunuchs attending the king, said, a pole reaching to a height of 50 cubits stands by Haman's house. He had set it up for Mordecai who spoke up to help the king. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the king said, impale him on it. So they impaled Haman on the pole that he had set up for Mordecai. Then the king's fury subsided. Something, eh? Something. <laughs> so so he's, begging, he's begging the queen. He looks like he's going after her. <laughs> but you see, there were other people there because as soon as the king said what he said, these these people took him right they grabbed him they covered his face and, and they hauled him out and said um said there's i kind of in some ways i prefer gallows even though um uh, an impaling stake is probably more accurate to what the persians did okay somehow that seems it takes some of the funniness out of it when you're impaling a person <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 it makes hanging it them seems okay but but yeah. <laughs> but impaling. impaling them that's a rough go yes yes yeah and as so, you said, that was their, their kind of their chosen method of, of, of killing, right? Yes. Well, it was one of the ways they killed, right? Yeah. It was one of the ways they killed. So he's got this 75-foot um, pole. We don't, know, we don't know how they got him on it, you know, they, you know whether they stuck it in them and then, and then raised it up like a... <laughs> oh, like, I just, we just don't know. But, <clears throat> but um, yeah, there he is. He, they, they killed him. They killed him right there on his own... On the on his thing that he built for Mordecai, and that is God's justice. Yeah, yeah. I had a friend, and and um, and he was he was building a business, and um, a Christian guy. So not everybody's going to like this story, mm. but I'm telling it anyway. <laughs> and and he said um, he said the guy was supposed to do a whole bunch of work. He was doing a whole bunch of work for the guy. Um, and then the guy said, "Yeah, screw you. I'm not going to pay you. What are you going to do about it?" And he and he said he said that week, the guy the guy tripped and fell into his saw, and it cut him in half. And 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 he and he felt like God said to him, "Yeah, you don't mess with my people." Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, freaky story. Yeah, and you know it doesn't it doesn't fit the New Testament, you know, forgiveness and don't hold this to their account. <laughs> But it fits, it fits the Haman story real well. Yeah, yeah. And we do have a God that does, you know, exact vengeance on his enemies. Yes. Whether it's here yeah. on this earth or in the next, right? Yeah. Yeah, Lauren bought me a t-shirt that said, um, God, will you please look after this? Because if I do, I'm for sure going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so, so Haman... Haman got got the um, probably the perfect retribution. Yeah. The perfect retribution. But but the story's not over yet. Okay. Now flip over to chapter eight now, folks. 
Starting at verse 1, that same day King Xerxes gave Queen Esther the estate of Haman, the enemy of the Jews, and Mordecai came into the presence of the king, for Esther had told what had told how he was related to her. The king took off his signet ring, which he had reclaimed from Haman, and presented, to, presented it to Mordecai, and Esther appointed him over <clears throat> Haman's estate. Esther, so let's just let's yeah. just say so. So remember, Haman was wealthy. Now, what they don't do in this story that they sometimes do in other stories is say what happened to the rest of Haman's family. And it wouldn't be uncommon in either either Babylon, where it did happen, or or Persia, for them to take vengeance on the entire family. Mm. But they don't say that. They just say they were obviously kicked out, and and Mordecai got the whole thing. Mm. And he got the king's signet ring. Yeah. So Haman, Haman was so powerful that he had power to actually um, sign on behalf of the king. Okay. And that's what that's what Mordecai, the Jewish guy, can do now. Yeah. It's almost yeah. like, yeah, he's acting as the king's emissary, right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so Esther, uh, Esther again pleaded with the king, falling at his feet and weeping. She begged him to put an end to the evil plan of Haman the Agiite, which he had devised against the Jews. Then the king extended the gold scepter to Esther, and she rose and stood before him. If it pleases the king, she said, and if he regards me with favor and thinks, the, thinks it the right thing to do, and if he is pleased with me, let an order be written overruling the dispatches that Haman, son of Hamadatha, the Agiite, devised and, and wrote to destroy the Jews in all the king's provinces. For how can I bear to see disaster fall on on my people how can i bear to see the destruction of my family <clears throat> king xerxes replied to queen esther and to mordecai the jew because haman attacked the jews i have given his estate to esther and they have impaled him on a pole he set up now write another decree in the king's name on behalf of the jews as it seems best to you and seal it with the king's signet ring for no document written in the king's name and sealed with his ring can be revoked yeah, so the king can't change his rule that they were going to go after the Jews on, you know, a, a month, um, what was it, the 12th of, of Agdad or something. Um, anyway, so so a year after he first started almost. And they and the king, that was the king's law, so that can't be repealed. So that's that's kind of the key thing here. So what he's done is he's, he's created another law that doesn't, that kind of, doesn't supersede that law, but it allows the Jews something yeah. as well. Okay. Uh, verse 9. At once the royal secretaries were summoned. On the 23rd day of the third month, the month of Sivan, they wrote out all of Mordecai's orders to the Jews and to the satraps, governors, and nobles of the 127 provinces stretching from India to Kush. These orders were written in the script of each province and the language of each people and also to the Jews in their own script and language. Mordecai wrote in the name of King Xerxes, sealed the dispatches with the king's signet ring, and sent them by mounted couriers who rode fast horses, especially bred for the king. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Like the king even gave his own horses for this thing. Right, right. He wasn't fooling around. So this wasn't like, oh, sure, yeah, we can do that thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Hope, hope you bunch of Jews do okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, verse 11 now. The king's edict granted the Jews in every city the right to assemble and protect themselves, to destroy, kill, and annihilate the armed men of any nationality or province who might attack them, and their women and children, and to plunder the property of their enemies. 
The day appointed for the Jews to do all this in all the provinces of King Xerxes was the 13th day of the 12th month, the month of Adar. A copy of the text of the edict was, was to be issued as law in every province and made known to the people of every nationality so the Jews would be ready on that day to avenge themselves on their enemies. The couriers riding the royal horses went out, spurred on by the king's command, and the edict was issued in the citadel of Susa. Yeah, I, I don't think I said Adar just earlier, but it's, it was the 12th of Adar. Yeah, all good. That's like a song on the 12th of Never. Oh, that's the 12th of Adar. <laughs> I'll love you to the 12th of Adar. <laughs> so we won't read that last little bit about the triumph because that's that's for next week. But but for this one, um, it's it's just intriguing how far the king went with this thing. Like like he said, he said, these guys are still going to attack you. But I am going to make it okay for you to attack anybody, anybody of any nationality. And that's kind of important because even, even if a Persian went there right. and attacked, they were allowed to attack. And in any country that, that has, has foreigners in the country, right. has its own citizens and has others there, their own citizens have special rights. And you know, you know that with Persia, you know it with Babylon, you, you particularly know it with Rome. Right. You, you remember, I'm a Roman citizen. Um, I bought my citizenship at a great price. What about you, Paul? I was born a Roman. Oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> we're, right. we're in big, big trouble now that we, we just whipped a Roman. Right. right. And so for him to say that you can attack anybody is is really, really powerful stuff. Right. And, and by the way, you can have all their stuff after you kill them. Well, yeah. I, I was just thinking it wasn't just the fact that they could go out and, you know, hey, Let's get some swords. Let's take care of this thing. It's like, go ahead and just take all their property and whatever all that entails. So it's not just a, a physical. It's also like a monetary thing. It's There's some status to it. All of a sudden, the Jews are raised up in terms of status. There's probably a little bit of hate because of that. But mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, then, then, you know, eventually they're, you know, they're, they're the main actors and directors in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> and it becomes very very important and, and it actually is it's it's um it's 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 an incredible step that that xerxes just took yeah and in a, in a little while um they're they're gonna let Zerubbabel will go back to jerusalem yes so, so, so there's amazing things happening here it um, is for the it, church people it is kind of interesting to see the effect upon of the Jews on both Babylon and now, now Persia. This, right? You know, you have Daniel and and all this. You know, right at the seat of power. Now you have Esther and Mordecai right at the seat of power. Yeah, it's quite fascinating. Yeah, and then, and yet when they get back to Jerusalem, you know, um, who is the guy now? Who's the guy who rebuilt the walls? Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Yeah. Nehemiah still they still lament that they are that they are slaves. And what they mean there is, um, as wonderful as this is, this is still Persia. This this isn't um, this isn't our land yet, right? Right. And it never becomes their land until the time of the Maccabeans. Right. And that's just a short period of time. <clears throat> yeah. Well, it's it's not a short period of time, but. You know. But but in terms of the history, you and I've been looking at this spring. It seems pretty short, right? It it does the Maccabean period. Yeah. 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 So, 
So, um, and then that all happens, of course, we saw for other reasons. Like, you know, there's the, the people that would have taken them over. The Seleucids are involved in other battles. Syria, the Syria is involved in other battles. And so they don't have time for these guys. Yeah. And and they had a they had a period of peace. And God can do that too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when, you're, when your enemy gets busy, you know, that's that's God keeping your enemy busy. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is an incredible time um, for the Jewish people. They still had to be incredibly brave. I mean, they still had to fight all these people. Right. You know. So so there's still stuff going on in this book. But 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 Haman Haman um, <laughs> Haman really messed up. Oi, oi. Yeah, and if, and if you're people nowadays, like, um, and you want to go against the Jewish people, like whether whatever you believe about about you know history and and God's God's place for the Jewish people, I always keep this a little bit in mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. They still are His chosen people. Yeah, and he's still yeah, calling still out, to, still calling out to them, right? And and the whole church may be a part of that, you know, where the Jews and the Gentiles come together as the church. We may all be a part of that, but there still is people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good point, Larry. That's a good point. Well, folks, wasn't that wasn't that just a fun little insight? That little turn that they made, where the story seems to plod along, and then all of a sudden everything happens so very quickly, as Esther just shocks Haman with. It's this vile, vile man, evil and vile man that's trying to, to uh, kill my people. Uh, thanks so much, bud. That was fantastic. Folks, as always, we're so thankful that you join us on a weekly basis. We're, we love doing this. We'd probably do it even if we had like one or two. Even if listeners. we did it for three, Steve. Even, <laughs> even, even, even three? Even three. Yes, even three. Uh, <laughs> but hey, uh, so just know just how thankful we are that you listen. Uh, and then, then, with that being said, we'll see you next week. Until then, I was Steve. He was Larry. This was the Apocalypse Podcast.